0: hello guys welcome to another episode of the sulia podcast my name is safu Kwame ohineba and on today's show we are talking one thing we are talking the black stars of ghana's revenge <laughs> against uruguay um it took me a lot to gather myself to be able to record this podcast because ah, it's been a very rough 24 hours and um on today's show we are going to have some live fan reaction towards the game after we hit with the reactions or we listen to the reactions i'll get back and i'll break down the game and what i thought went wrong for ghana once again welcome to another episode of the sulia podcast
1: are you ready I hey, think you could tell us what to do, do you think you could tell us what to wear you think that you're better Better get ready. Bow to the masters. They get into something full. We just got tired of doing what you told us to do. That's a brace, boy!
0: Okay. It's unfortunate we are out of the competition, but um, on a personal level, I think this results were expected because in our previous two games, we were quite not good enough. Um, we were quite not good enough, but then we had a result against South Korea, so people may have thought that we had a chance against Uruguay. I personally thought that we should have had a result against Portugal because they, I believe, were the most um, open team that we could have had a go against them to get a positive result. But losing that game, uh, losing that game did not enhance our chances of progressing to the knockout phase all you know well i believe nobody gave us a chance to do well in this world cup so we exiting at the group stage it's not a bad thing i think we're all not hoping for a very good tournament for Ghana. although they gave us a good game inside the, in the second game against south korea
1: thank you we don't get tomorrow
0: Okay, so um, um, Ghana and then Uruguay are out. That's the most important thing. Barbara, Man should go home straight. No team will ever play Barbara Man. No team. He should know that uh, this is his career. Everybody has seen. him. is a useless player. I don't want to talk much about but very useless. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you. Okay, so African
1: I think it's like the way everything happened. Because if it was something like. Um, is only really the south korea match or portugal which match did they really really play well i think the portugal match huh? yeah the portugal match even though we lost like they really played so that one if that's what happened today and i found that oh yeah we fought There's there was no way we would have won but it's like this one the penalty and everything it's like we could have we had a chance like you get see that's what's painful like this one yeah like oh, all the odds right our favor because penalties are early in the game like eight like how who who does that especially for an african team so they happy really first for us i don't know if it was the day he was just tense or he had like ptsd from the Asamajan time or what like, ah penalty like 20 minutes into the game and we still fumbled it today. it's like what more can you do for us like they gave us all the chances but still. So I feel like again after I ended with the score, they are ghosts who were so close to each other, like the time, everything was just went like thirty minutes, everything just went what? south for us.
0: Okay, so we've had the thought of um people. <laughs> I would not I would not want to get into like this whole I I feel like there's just this thing with Ghanaians and Oh, is this guy's fault, is this guy's fault? Um Yeah, I feel like some people just didn't have their their day. But going into this game, I thought if anyone was supposed to be motivated, it was supposed to be this Ghanaian side because you don't really need that motivation to come into this match. So I was a little bit shocked about how mentally weak quote-unquote unquote, mentally weak we were because even at two goals down I, I i still thought we, we we should keep on probing and fighting you were two goals down against south korea in the equalized matter of minutes it was it's a football game as at 30 minutes you are two goals down it's not the end of it but the i i feel like what went wrong for us was the mental the mentality was not there the body language of the coach the body language of the players so this is how the game went first of all first problem is for a team that defends better with a back three i honestly thought we were going to play a back three but we chose to play a back four let's be honest the back three system worked for us perfectly against portugal if not for the penalty and when south korea when south korea equalized 2 all, we went to a back three to contain them and you are coming into a game in which you didn't need you didn't need you didn't need to um lose you just a draw would have been fine a win would have been fine you would expect us to have like um, a conservative approach but you're fine we didn't approach that game conser- uh, conservatively he brought in a lead you said you like I, I alluded to that he needed to be brought in in the past game fine you didn't do that you start the game attacking wise i didn't expect that to i thought the game plan was supposed to be very simple i.e sit back and then counter that was not the game plan. Fair enough. We go on the forward and we don't have many chances. The only chance we had was the penalty, which was made out of nothing, truthfully, because I think it was just the ingenuity of Kudus that helps us get the penalty. And I think it was a clear penalty. He got the ball. The, uh, the keeper got Kudus. We get the penalty. We get the penalty and um, you would think, this is the time to exercise our demons. Like, this is it because we were, we were on the high. Now let me discuss. People are saying, "Why are you taking it? Why are you taking it?" I don't think it's wrong for you to take it. Are you has been our penalty taker since qualifiers. The South Africa penalty you complain about, Are you took it? So Are you is the one who is going to take our penalties, obviously. But one thing I think we didn't take into consideration was the fact that before Uruguay came into this game, they had conceded a penalty against Portugal. Look at the way Bruno Fernandez takes it. Bruno Fan- and I think that's my thing with football players. I don't know if we don't watch previous games before we come into matches or what. Bruno Fernandez did something similar to what Ayu did. That is, wait for the keeper to move before he shoots. And the keeper was fooled. So Bruno Fernandez was able to score that when Uruguay came up against Portugal. Now, Ayu tries the same technique, and that has been Ayu's technique throughout. He wants the keeper to react first before he places it. If you watch the penalty carefully, you watches the keeper the keeper is put he's like very poor he didn't he didn't commit so one would think if the keeper didn't commit then you go for power which he didn't go for he still played it wherever he wanted to play and, and it ended up becoming a very like routine save but if he had been able to execute the technique he wanted to execute it would have turned out to be a fine penalty and i thought he didn't read in between the line Watch even ronaldo's penalty against atizigi go for power Whenever you're in doubt, he didn't do that. Poor penalty. Whatever. We move on. It's 17 minutes. You have a lot of minutes left. And that was my problem. We just... Look at Otuado's body language. Look at Ayu's body language after that penalty miss. It was just off. Off. And the coaches... We know Ayu from the days in under 20. He would clap. He would motivate people. It was just not there. You, you, he. he... When you expect big players to show up they show up a big moment and unfortunately unfortunately we didn't we just didn't everything went downhill from there the sequence of the game the momentum of the game all played in iruguay's hand and in my head i thought we went with a psychologist apparently i'm hearing we didn't even have any psychologist on our team i'm like what the hell these are professional players these are professional players that's why they are professional players they're not any kind professional players who are being paid huge amounts and you'd expect them to have a psychologist they don't and that was beyond my imagination when i heard they didn't go with a psychologist i don't know how true that is but if that turns out to be true that is baffling you would expect the coach to rally the boys like no it's just a move on we just didn't move on from there and then everything went downhill first of all first mistake i don't think it was about he getting the formation wrong it's about he getting his line um, his tactics wrong we should have gone three back and then we were not brave enough we were not brave enough because if you go the three back you're expected to play a very good counter attacking game we were not brave enough to bench Ayu because i think Ayu you can lead a counter and that that's where our problem stems from you have you are very good defensive no everyone knows about our defensive problems it's not like a thing happening now we've been leaking goals since. And Otuado comes with the elixir of life. The three-back. Which works better. That same three-back system I played against Nigeria. That same three-back system I managed to get a draw in Kumasi. Go oh, with the three-back? What is with this four-back thing you want to do? We got that wrong. Fine. You missed a penalty. I kept on saying they, they just lost their head. So that was it. I feel like that, 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 that had killed us we just couldn't get our head in the game but even still even still when we were two goals down i still feel like we should still go for the ball you see and you would realize that it got to a point uruguay realized that they were not they needed a goal that was <laughs> and you, you see we, we had like eight 80 minutes plus an additional eight minutes that was like a, an accumulation of 18 minutes to hit uruguay who had opened up wait i just couldn't you see one of the viewers were talking about how we showed up against Portugal. There is There is there there is a way you can show up and lose a game, and then we would be, ah, the boys gave it their all. But we just didn't show up. And one thing I realized about the team is that we are not creative enough. We cannot break up defenses. We cannot. We do not have that combination passes. And I said it in the previous podcast. You watch. Whenever Kamal Odin has um, the ball, Baba Rahman rarely makes an overlap. When he is making the overlap, the passes are not made to him like we are just we just don't have that ingenuity thing about us maybe one can blame it on the fact that the team has not been together for a long time but bottom line is i feel like they are not the were they, we, we are not creative enough look at the chances we had a kamal shot not mambukari shot which i think he should be getting on target and uh um, an antoine semenor shot which was also not on target it's we just couldn't break up Uruguay, and I, and I said this, I tweeted this: just don't let Uruguay score. The team Uruguay presented was not an extraordinary team. Honestly, there was nothing extraordinary about that Uruguayan team. It just um, lack of focus and uh, a lack of mental fortitude. So people want to rip off rip off on Jordan, and so yeah, the 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 culprits: Baba Rabban, Jordan, Didi, Party. Those are the people everyone is going hard on. Baba Rahman, I think he had a poor game, a piss poor game. And um, I really miss the Baba Rahman of 2017 who had assured us that we don't have any problem with our left back. But I think the positive is that Aliyu Seydou is solid and we can work with that onwards But with Baba, uh, Baba just didn't have a good game. It's... it's um and i think the thing with baba is this you see if you consistently do not have great games then do you get a play the other argument too is that what we considered two goals against korea whilst baba was not in there so yeah but then you see i get all these arguments but the answer is still who plays better there baba didn't play throughout the nigerian qualifiers gideon solidified that place so you get it we just shouldn't have played baba also and like I said, I don't think this team ever had it in their mind that they want to play counter-attacking football. Because if they did, they really did. Someone like Kamal Sowa, Kamal Dean, they should be starting. But I don't know. I don't know. I, because anyone who has not watched football will tell you that counter-attacking football was what was going to save us yesterday. But, well, and the technical team they didn't see that coming. So that is great. But question is, um, how do we move forward from this? I think we still have a great crop of talent. The argument was that this World Cup was just too soon for this crop of players. So, if it's too soon, we just need to like um, work on it. And um, to be to be very honest, I'm very down. So, <laughs> yeah, I would come back with more episodes. We'll dissect the game further. I'm am j- I'm, I'm just down. I I didn't expect this to happen. Um, fine margins also count. Fine margins also count. We shouldn't have lost that game against Portugal. We should have fought for a draw. Same technical team make the mistakes. Like we always come back. You would think we would learn from our mistakes, but we don't. How we have not been able to solve the issue of conceding goals in five, six minutes, two or more goals, happens in the first game. You think we would work on it in our second game. Uh, we didn't. Same mistake happens in the third game. And we have technical team, we have people who are supposed to cure this this is an uruguay team that was coming into this game and had not scored any other team he had not scored south korea he had not scored portugal they take they scored two against us um it's sad i just feel like the black stars didn't show up it's just as simple as that we didn't show up i mean in the second half we tried but even with that realize it was just long passes and um back passes we creatively we are struggling creatively we need to get our combinations, and learn how to break up teams. Maybe we can do that if we play together for some time. So, and there's just this whole thing about uh, Suarez is crying. Uruguay couldn't qualify with us, so that feels sweet. Nah, that didn't feel sweet, because anyone who knows the capability, the talent we possessed, we should have been beating Uruguay. I mean, I I I, I don't get it. I feel like the standards were in the gutters, even at the 89th minute when we needed a goal. Man, we, it was just time wasting the standards are really in the gutters but hopefully we p- we come back stronger let's see how this goes Otuado has resigned and the question as to who you are going to give the next thing to people are saying give it to chris hilton i don't think so people are saying give it to george Watson. i think you need an attacking minded kind of coach who at the same time prioritizes defense I, I, I don't think the if you have an attacking team, you can't have a defensive team. We just need a psychologist and we need to find the way from here. And I think the Black Stars has a good squad. What breaks my heart is that we are the worst-performing African team. It really breaks my heart. Black Stars used to represent Africa the best at World Cups and we are the worst-performing African team. So, we'll be fine. And I'll catch you guys later on <laughs> the next episode of um, Sulia Podcast. We'll be fine. We we'll move on as a nation, we will learn and we will heal from this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Sulia Podcast. My name is Safu Kwame Ohineba, and today on the show, we are going to talk um the World Cup quarterfinals. Yes, it has happened. The World Cup has eluded Cristiano Ronaldo. Is this like has this like settled a good debate? We are going to talk about that. We are going to talk about Morocco being the first African team to make it to the World Cup semi-finals. Honestly, Morocco is not really a a good ambassador or a good representative of the African team, but Charlie, who cares? And then the drama surrounding the Black Stars. You know, as we do in every tournament, after every tournament, it is time to rant. And after we rant for months, we go back to default settings. So we are in the ranting season, and I'm going to discuss a couple of things I noticed during the week from the dan kwekwebwa sadi Adams, and countryman sungu interview on peace fm to the daniel crantons and the media point of view on ctfm i'm going to talk all about all of that ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of sulia podcast and the name still remains are you ready
1: I hey, think you can tell us what to do you think you could tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Degenerate!
0: in dealing with this whole goods debate thing this is my honesty on it i don't think the good debate is ever going to end they are going to be die hard ronaldo fans who think ronaldo is the best in the world they are going to be die hard Messi fans who think Messi is the best in the world but this is my honesty on it i've always said it i don't shy away from it i've been a ronaldo person but if i'm going to be very honest i think as a footballer Messi is better than ronaldo and It shows from not just this World Cup, but previous World Cups, like past World Cups in which we've watched. If you watched um, Saturday's game, we think the scripts were set for Ronaldo to make a history maker, to come and be Portugal's savior. He didn't. Like, Look at, look. go back to 2014, the Portugal squad, Portugal had. Everyone was like, oh, Messi has a team that helps him. Ronaldo didn't have. Over the years, in 2018, 2022, Portugal has had one of the best squad if not the best squad in europe to be competing for absolutely anything but I just feel like they've, they've been subpar on the other hand this is this is what this and this is what this is my take on this matter and i wouldn't go back to it if you are a goat you show up when your country needs you and when portugal needed ronaldo the most when he came to uruguay in 2018 when they needed him the most when he came to morocco he couldn't break the morocco lie watch the game against argentina and watch the game against portugal i think netherlands were playing an equally defensive game like the moroccans played and this is what's going to forever be the difference between ronaldo and messi ronaldo is more of like a front man and more of like a target man Whereas Messi has evolved his play over the years from being like a winger, stroke forward person to more of like a pillow kind of player, a creative and a sister. Like those kind of players, he, uh, Messi is kind of occupying the thing Neymar is doing with Brazil right now. But you look at Ronaldo, yeah. More, Ronaldo used to be a winger. Ronaldo has transitioned from being a winger in the 06 when he was playing with the Figos and the Decos and the Cavalos and those kind of people. He was because he was younger to becoming the target man, the number nine, and he's just not moved on from that. I feel like Ronaldo could have evolved his play, especially looking at his years, to be more of like a hurricane. Not necessarily scoring or being the target man, but helping in with the assists, giving the 1-2. And I think that's on Fernando Santos too. He, he could have figured a way Ronaldo should have played with Goncalo Ramos and I think they just didn't do that. Over the year, I don't think Ronaldo has been able to evolve his play. His play has been stagnated and he's not being fed as much in as much as we would see it but then whose fault is that you need your goods to show up I don't think Ronaldo has showed up Messi on the other hand did show up against Netherlands albeit he been doing it in a very disrespectful manner because honestly I didn't like the attitude they gave I know people say oh Netherlands were arrogant or whatever but what do you expect from Van Gaal to say that his team is going to lose I don't see it's just football banter but for him to go on live interview calling people stupid I feel like that's something that sub that's beneath something someone like Messi should do. And it was very irritating to watch. And their arrogance, the Argentine arrogance in this whole tournament is very telling. And I don't know, I feel like it would just backfire and hit them in the face. So with the good debate, honestly, I feel like the last time I think Ronaldo showed up for his country in the World Cup to me is the 3-3 draw against Spain put that aside cast your mind back 2014 he really he really didn't show up for Portugal Portugal didn't even have a good squad then so we pardon them 2010 not really that much 2006 was the last time I could see like Ronaldo really showed up for Portugal at least in a World Cup on the World Cup stage so this good debate on a World Cup stage bruv I think your highest you've ever got into is a fourth place finish in 2006 against Germany I'm not a great i'm not the greatest fan of Messi but at least he's been in, he's been to the finals and um yeah i i don't like how things are going things are taking a very bad turn for Ronaldo but he will forever be my favorite he'll forever be my good i still think when it comes to World Cup wise Messi has showed up and that's my opinion and that's my take on this whole Messi Ronaldo debate for, for Morocco's success i think it's bunkers. Like, it's crazy. Guy, they have not conceded a single goal since September. And this includes a penalty shootout. Yes. (laughs) I think it's well-deserved. I think they came with a strategy. They came with a plan, which is defense solidity. Because since their first game against Croatia, these people have been defensively solid. I always say what Morocco is doing is an apology of what the Black Stars has been trying to do. It's not even an apology. It's something we just couldn't perfect like the Moroccans have. The Moroccans have like perfected the defensive work. And I was having this discussion with a friend yesterday about, who it should have been Ghana. It should have been Ghana. I was like, no, it shouldn't have been us. Look at Morocco's path to the quarters, uh, to the semis. Morocco literally had to face Belgium. They had to face Croatia. They had to face Spain. They had to face Portugal. Ghana had to face Serbia australia germany usa uruguay I still couldn't make it to the semi-final so massive achievement for morocco it's crazy like question is how long can they do it because i remember listening to a podcast which had Jose fonte on and joseph fonte was saying "Ah, uh, as you can see the moroccans have like a depleted injured size but you have a captain in roman size who was like he couldn't even last the 90 minutes and they played with heart and grit that match should have ended more than they should have scored Portugal like 2-3 it's just amazing I don't care if it is defensive football or what history is not going to have it that they played a defensive football for, for Christ's sake Italians made a name out of Catanachio football so it doesn't matter history would have it that they are the first African team to make it to the semifinals and the question of whether they are African or not yeah, I get it. I get why people would not think, especially with Buffao's comments, which kind of stirred a little bit of controversy, but this is the thing. Morocco is not a come country. Morocco is not in UEFA. Morocco is not in Kusafa. Morocco is in CAF. Morocco plays African Cup. D. Whatever they achieve, it's going to in the end of at the end of the day they represent CAF, which is a configuration of african football so irrespective of what maybe people say they feel african by geography i still don't care you're still in the african continent and the slot africa is going to get in the next world cup is due to morocco's performance kudos to morocco and what makes it crazy is that one thing i like about this is that that means African countries can't have this mediocre excuse that oh, our target is to reach the semis. No, we, we, we are no longer about reaching the semis. We can do more than that. Target now is winning the World Cup. And I love that if we move from tokenism and mediocrity to high standards, we can achieve it, we can do it. The Moroccan defense has been beautiful has been beautiful and I have a friend we we're having this discussion yesterday whilst we we're watching I was watching the Morocco game and he was telling me about um, how even Portugal couldn't break down the Ghanaian defense with Daniel Amati. <laughs> so then he so then he doubts they can break that Moroccan back line. So and what is what, is it what draggy or Wagragi, can't get the name right the Moroccan coach, top notch Moroccan coach some he did it on the calf level with uh, with that and he's doing it with the Moroccan national team, it's crazy and that will lead me to my next uh, segment about the journalistic and how Morocco as a country has been evolving like, and countries like Ghana can do it like, all I've got to say is Morocco fully deserves it, as to whether they are going to storm the weather against France is a whole different thing, but I won't put it past them. I will put it past them. Like, don't be shocked if you see Morocco in that finals. Um, I don't. I have not seen. Let me see. France played Australia. Australia was not really that defensive. They played Denmark. Not really that defensive. Tunisia. Not really that defensive. Then the, before they played England, did France even play before they played England? Um, Um, who did France play before they played England but before they played England I still think they've not uh, Poland yeah they they played Poland I I, I don't think they had that defensive I don't think they've met a team like Morocco the only thing that would hinder Morocco is they not having fit players so if can't last 90 minutes size I don't even think can make it into the next game so that would be the only thing to their disadvantage but hey Win or lose. Moroccan are... Moroccan... Where the dark horses... Denmark was promised to be. Where the dark horses... Most European countries were promised to be. So... Hats off to Morocco. You've done very well. So you look at this Moroccan team... And there are some players who are outstanding. You look at... The the star... The VIP for me is Unahi. Damn. Watch that guy carefully. I was watching him against... He barely loses the ball. He barely loses control of the ball like it's it's bonkers like yeah he missed certain chances but like he barely lost the ball in possession and that was i, th- I thought that was crazy and amrabat jeez like that guy has been very pivotal for fiorentina and he continues it for the spanish not spanish and um, for the moroccan national team and bono bono has I think Bono is underrated. Like, you see him at Sevilla all the time, but it's like, mm, okay. I feel like he's showing his worth here. Yeah. Ziek is Ziek, Hakimi is Hakim. It's like, everyone is playing their part. Like, wow, what a time to be alive. And that leads me to this whole Black Stars brouhaha. So this week, um, we heard from Dankwekwe Eboa, Sadi Kadams, Countryman Songo on Peace, about what they think didn't work for the Black Stars and I must say, I agreed 100% with the submission of someone like Sadiq Adams that football is a gradual process and um, the priorities of um, the FA we as a footballing nation of the people, of the government is misplaced truth is developmental football in Ghana is honestly non-existent. I don't think we even pay attention to our under-20s. You see, I'm looking at our football as a whole and I feel like one thing Ghana could have really excelled at if if they paid attention to was their qualifiers for Olympics. I have always said that that's something we can really shine at. But we don't focus on those things. Even our under-20s, under-17s, the focus there is not much. I feel like personal interest has and it's not just in a football administration we shouldn't act like it's just a football administration it permeates every single aspect of the Ghanaian life and the Ghanaian culture that's why in Ghana here people who are competent never get good jobs and things like that you would always have people who are well connected or people who know someone and so we shouldn't act surprised I always say football is a funny sport because unlike other jobs football is a job where like everyone watches you do your job if everyone should, could watch a Ghanaian do their job you would see that we are all equally complicit so that's what you get when what is in a Ghanaian DNA a Ghanaian culture is in the spotlight like that we always want the already made things we don't want to invest we don't want to put in much effort because if you watch the FIFA documentary about uh, one of Sepp Blatter his goals were to give money for football development to struggling countries it was not just in Ghana alone Kenya all those countries Ghana's one is pram pram shim was not done and it's still unaccounted for you would think as a country who has lent and there's the Jamefe commission we would learn we've still not learned from it it's always about it's black stars how are we going to pump money I feel like all stakeholders should come on board. It doesn't matter if you're a football person; you're not a football person. There are just certain things we can't compromise on. We cannot compromise on developmental football and things like that. So, I totally agreed with Sadiq about the juice Fontaine in France and um, Morocco. Morocco's like Morocco's like state funded like policy about how they would want to develop as a country and how it would yield them benefits I hope for posterity's sake we as a country learn it and yeah, on Otowato's press conference it's like anybody who has anything or anything negative against the GFA is not patriotic or is just being negative minded like what the fuck is that that's some kind of sorry for cussing, but that's some kind of Machiavellian dictatorial kind of thinking that no one can criticize i get it if you want to talk about people not criticizing constructively but any criticism being negative minded it's it's just not the way we should go it's like you are not patriotic for criticizing the fa but the fa is supposed to tell us that they are patriotic for prioritizing their selfish needs and uh putting themselves first like that doesn't make sense in any way so it's a time for ranting it's a season for ranting i'm here to also rant but We hope that the ranting this time is not just ranting for ranting's sake, but a ranting that something will be done about it. If something is not done about it, posterity will judge us. My name is Safo Kwame O'Hineba. Welcome and thank you for staying with me for another episode of the Sulia Podcast. Catch you on the next episode where we will hopefully discuss the finalists of the FIFA World Cup. It was fun chatting with you guys. Adios. Ciao.